So Lord, um, thank you. Thank you for this new year. You make all things new. And every season, every year is about you. And we're grateful. We don't know the days that you've ordained for us. But Lord, it's our desire that every day you've ordained for, uh, for us that we will be about the Father's business and that we will be walking out the very uh, plans and purposes that has been spoken over us in heaven before we were sent here. So um, we're aware that this day is full of promise and potential. And we're aware that this moment is uh, pregnant with possibilities. And so we just invite you, Lord, to um, have your way among us and within us. And um, we know that your promise is that you're here. We know that. But um, we want to be keenly aware of it. So we ask you to... Uh, turn up the dimmer switch uh, or turn up our sensitivity to your presence or both. And we just thank you that you have the ability to speak to us through your word. Even, even passages that are extremely familiar to us. And we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Glory, peace, and favor. Glory, peace, and favor. If you say it real fast, it sounds like pizza. Glory, pizza, favor. Okay. But, uh, but it's glory, peace, and favor. It's, um, it's what the angels said uh, to the shepherds. And, um, you know, we just come out of this season where we celebrate the birth of Christ. And... Uh, I don't know why there's a there's a thing where where some people just enjoy I guess just enjoy the argument I don't know what it is why we should or why we shouldn't and what traditions we should focus on and what traditions we should get rid of and all this stuff I like Christmas and so um so I enjoy it, and I'm still listening to Christmas music. I was very upset this past week when the, the holiday channel on my TV started playing regular music, and I was like, no, no. So, um, so I'm still playing my own. And this is, just, this is just for you to think about. It's not, it's not anything that we know for sure but it's based on Scripture. Scripture says Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. It says that his ministry lasted three and a half years. We don't know for sure what year Jesus died. One popular year is 30 AD, and uh, that's because of a, a miscalculation where they had to readjust so that would put him, if he died at Passover in uh, 30 AD, which is March or April, that means he would be born in September, October of 4 BC. September 22nd was Rosh Hashanah in 4 BC, Feast of Trumpets, the New Year in Jewish Reckoning. Shortly after that would have been Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, and he was the atoning sacrifice. And just shortly after that was Feast of Tabernacles. And John said he came and tabernacled among us. So in all likelihood, Jesus was born in the fall, September, October of 4 B.C., if you take Rosh Hashanah, September 22nd of 4 BC, and you go back a complete gestational period, he would have been conceived the first week of January. 
in 4 BC. That would have been the visitation of Gabriel. So Christmas is not that far off. Also in 4 BC, the first week of January would have overlapped with Hanukkah, the Feast of Dedication. None of that is anything that I can tell you is true, except the scriptures that it's all based on and the dates that I looked up. But, but if you go with 30 AD, you know, of course, there are other dates why that's how it would all reckon out. So I say, start the Christmas season in September <laughs> and celebrate through January at the very least. And just get all of it, conception and birth and everything. Just That's the way I go. And then you got the whole thing with the wise men coming, so let's just do the whole year. Just just the whole year. Yeah, so, so all that was free. It, I mean, it goes with this because I'm still doing a Christmas passage. Um, glory, peace, and favor. I just really like that those old pictures and everything. Kevin, Kevin got that. So let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, this is Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Luke 2.14 in the New International. Glory, glory to God in the highest. Earth peace, peace, and those whose favor rests. Some of yours have goodwill to men, right? Some of yours have that. Um, so starting with verse 8 of Luke chapter 2, just picking up this nativity story. It says, and there were shepherds. Let me just make sure. Yes, okay, good. Verses 8 and 9. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. So uh, these herdsmen, these shepherds, these watchmen, these overseers were guarding their flocks or possibly guarding the fold. And suddenly there was an angelic messenger, a messenger of the Lord, a messenger sent from the throne. You know, Zechariah said, um, how will I know this is happening? And Gabriel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God Almighty. <laughs> what do you mean? How do I know that this is going to be? And uh, so God's messenger, God had sent a message to these shepherds. And uh, he suddenly appeared in their midst. And it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them, not just him, around them. And that word glory is doxa. So there was an appearance around him and them of splendor, of brightness, of majesty of magnificence. Uh, adding to this, these could have actually been the priestly shepherds because the priest's flocks were kept in Bethlehem and obviously could have been the same place that David watched his flocks years before. So, Verses 10 and 11. I'm just going to take my time and talk a little bit as I go and then talk a little longer. <laughs> Let me check the time. Okay. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now they were terrified. If you look that up in the Greek, it means terrified. They were really, they were really scared. They needed to use the bathroom. <laughs> just put it kindly. They were, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. You know, uh, if, if you are encountered by an entity of darkness, they want you to be afraid, very afraid. And 
The crazy thing is you have authority over them, so there's no reason to be afraid, but we, we often are, which feeds them. But an angel of light does not want us to be afraid. He says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Too good to be true news. It's going to cause great joy. Exceedingly great joy. Mega joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. First confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's God. There's a big thing going around right now. Where does it say he's God? Well, here it says he's God. <laughs> I don't know, but it says it. So, so uh, these tidings, he's a herald. This messenger is a celestial herald of glad tidings, of exceedingly great joy that's for the city or the town. It really is city in the Greek of David, which is the beloved, for the city of the beloved. He loves to call us the beloved. David means beloved. A deliverer has been born. A deliverer, a savior has been born. The anointed one, the chosen one, and he is the supreme God. He is the most high God. He's the supreme master. That's good, isn't it? The commander of the Lord's hosts. That's good too, isn't it? Because they're going to show up. <laughs> Verses uh, 12 and 13. Yeah, okay. 12 and 13. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying. So there's been one angel. They were terrified. One angel. Hmm. Let's see. Todd, will you stand up? There's one Todd. One Todd shows up and they're terrified. Just one, just one, 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 and they're terrified. I don't know how many shepherds there were, but one angel, terrified. Okay? Thank you, Todd. You're so cool. You helped me today. You get a gold star. I don't have any stars <laughs> of any color, but I would give you a gold star. On something good to eat. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> so, yes, yes, that's my desire for you. That's my wishes for you. And um, this thing where he says you'll find this baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger, if they were the priestly shepherds, this is exactly their practice for the Passover lambs that were born. Uh, some of you know that. Uh, I don't think I talked about that. I talked about the possibility of several other things, but it's just too much to talk about. But the, the priestly uh, shepherds would have had, uh, there's a watchtower with a name, some fancy name. And what they would do is when when the lambs were born, they would, they would wrap them in cloth and place them on hay, filling a manger. And they did that so because the Passover lamb had to be without blemish, right? And they did that so that the lamb, the newborn lamb, would not hurt themselves in any way. And so that, if they were that would have said very personally to them. But even if they weren't the priestly shepherds, they would have been keenly aware of this practice. And so for the angel to tell them that they were going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, it 
confirmed what the angel had already said. He's a savior. This one that they would find was going to be the Passover lamb, the one who would die that everyone else might live. Cool? And then it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, I was in cantatas when I was young and I saw what that was. It was angels, all of us, with our wings, some little crooked wings, some better wings than others. And we all showed up, you know, kind of thing. And, um, and, and for years, you know, there are depictions and art and everything of just, you know, these angels out there on the hill with the shepherds. And it's only been in recent years that I realized that when it says the host, it's not just saying, you know, that it's a bunch of them. It's saying the army of God. It's saying troops, soldiers, celestial soldiers showed up. And it says, uh, if you want to call it a great company, that's why NFV says, a lot of yours say multitude. I don't know how many a multitude is, but it's a whole bunch. The, the countryside was full of angels. The atmosphere was full of angels. And um, there are only a few times that angels are described. In all likelihood, that first angel that showed up, we, we're not given the name, but I would guess that the first angel showed up that terrified them was Gabriel. You know, he showed up with Daniel all by himself, and Daniel was terrified. Um, and probably has a human form. But we're also given descriptions of angels that do not have human forms. And if this is the army of the commander of the Lord's host, which is Jesus, who's just been born, it's his army. The commander of the Lord's host is Jesus. And he's just been born in his army. Remember at the crucifixion, he said, I could call 12 legions of angels. He's the commander of the Lord's host. And this army shows up with their commander and worships their commander as a baby with shepherds. When you stop and consider it, it's overwhelming. The magnitude of that truth. It says when uh, Israel left Egypt that the two camps, the two camps, yeah, the angelic host accompanied them. They left Egypt along with the Israeli host, the Hebrew host. So there are two camps and it gave an opportunity right here for heaven and earth to agree. The shepherds had the opportunity to agree with heaven, to agree with what was being declared, heralded by a multitude of heavenly soldiers, troops, concerning their commander. Wow. So they're praising and extolling the Godhead. And then verse 14, get myself together here. Verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So that's what they're singing. That's what they're declaring from heaven to earth. We've already been told that when the first angel appeared, glory wrapped around the shepherds, the glory that he brought with them wrapped around all of them. I can't imagine the magnitude of glory that there was with the 
multitude of soldiers, of troops who were praising God, extolling God. But we're told what they said. So glory, again, splendor, brightness, magnificence, majesty to the highest height. Glory to God in the highest, the highest God, the highest throne. What they said of Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. He is the high king, the great king. Glory, magnificence in the highest heaven, the highest height. And on earth, remember how Jesus said, pray that what's done in heaven would be done on earth. Think about whether this is in heaven or not. And on earth, here, peace. And peace is tranquility, harmony, unity, (laughs) safety, security, prosperity, abundance, health. On earth. That's a reversal of the curse. That's what it was before the curse. That's what earth was before the curse. That's what heaven is. They're announcing. Now now think about this for a moment. It says in the fullness of time Jesus came. Wonder what that means exactly, the fullness of time. I mean, I know that it means the world is ready for Jesus to come. But is that the same as in the fullness of time, the rain began and the ark's door was shut? Do you think that possibly when Jesus came, the world was even more evil than when Noah and his family were saved to start again? And the world was being rescued, just like it was being rescued then. The world was being rescued. And just like Noah preached for hundreds of years, the word would go out, be heralded, come and be saved. Come and be saved. So on earth, all these good things. (laughs) Glory to God in the highest height on earth peace, to those on whom his favor rests. Some of yours will say goodwill to men, right? That actually means those that God delights in. Those that God delights in. Those that God is satisfied with. Isn't that cool? Those who have God's good pleasure. Imagine on that day when Jesus is a baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, the celestial army the army of heaven announces that a new day has dawned and that from henceforth, this place is supposed to be a place that gives glory to God in the highest, that brings heaven to earth so there's no longer a barrier with men, but that God might pour out his delight and his good pleasure on men. That has not changed. We've done a very poor job of heralding that. But that reality is as true today as the day they heralded it. Today, 
we have the opportunity to give God glory in the highest height. And we have the opportunity to bring heaven to earth. And we have the opportunity to walk in a place and experience his good pleasure and his delight with us. What an army. What an army. Verse 15. Sort of sad to me. Did I, did I go too far? Oh, I went backwards somehow. I don't know how I went backwards. I must have hit the wrong button. 14? 15. Okay, good. When the angels had left them, suddenly... Everything went dark. All the glory was gone. They were all gone. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, I wonder, I wonder, because Luke doesn't say, I wonder how long the pregnant pause was from the disappearance of the angels till somebody said, I got an idea. You know, there's Peters everywhere. There are people who will come up with words when there's pregnant pauses of silence, right? So somebody said, and in fact, it says they said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Remember that they're at Bethlehem, but they're out on the hillsides, you know, outside the city. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. No doubts. They believed. They had witnessed this amazing thing. And uh, maybe even while it was happening, they may have even wondered if they would live through it or if it would be so overwhelming, the glory would be so overwhelming that they would just lose their breath and be gone. But they said, let's go see. Let's go see what's happening right under our nose. And so, verses 16 and 17, yes, okay. They hurried off. I like that too. They hurried off. They hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. The first evangelists, the first earthly evangelists, the heavenly host had heralded to them and now they heralded, heralded to their fellow men and women. Oh, wow. They made known abroad, which caused people to wonder and marvel with admiration. That's really in the next verse, but I just, as they're heralding, I thought I'd just go ahead and mention, as people are hearing what they're saying, there's a believability. Nobody is saying, you're blowing smoke. There's something about them. Remember when Moses would go into the temple, the temple, the tabernacle, and be face to face with the Lord, and he would come out and his countenance radiated the glory of God. I wonder if these shepherds were radiating the glory of God. They had been bathed in the glory of God, and then they had been in the presence of the child, the commander of the Lord's host. And I wonder if they were still just had glorious countenances and, and the, the, the just sheer joy of what they were sharing and the, the, what they had witnessed. Nobody was saying uh, that people were believing them and marveling, wondering, being astonished with it all. Isn't that amazing? They, they had a good success ratio <laughs> as preachers. 
A lot of preachers do a lot of preaching and they don't get many converts, but apparently they had, they had people who were believing. And um, so that next verse says, all who heard it were amazed. So they hurried off. And all who heard it were amazed. Okay. And um, Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. When you look at that in the Greek, Mary, when it says treasured all this, it means she took note mentally and rehearsed it because she did not want to ever forget what had just taken place. She concentrated and focused on what had just taken place in order to hold it in her heart as if it was a treasure and her heart was a treasure chest so that she would always have access to it. She treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. So she kept it closely within herself to remember and brought it together in her mind so that she could consider it whenever she wanted to do so. Oh, oh, that we would do that. Oh, that we would take the things the Lord has said to us and the things the Lord has done for us and instead of, instead of the devil having us in such a tizzy all the time, all, we, all we'd be doing is going, pull this out. Oh, oh let me remind you of the time because you got a testimony there, right? And let me remind you of the time. And if the Lord has done all these times, I will not have a tizzy now because you're about to have a time with the Lord. Right? I wonder if at the cross she went into that treasure chest. I've heard it said, um, who was it that said it? The Presbyterian minister, D. James Kennedy. Who was it that just did an internship with him? Was it Lance Walnow, Angie, that I told you? I think it was Lance Walnow told this story that he did an internship, a brief internship with D. James Kennedy and D. James Kennedy said the greatest proof of the gospel is the silence of Mary because when they came to crucify Jesus, if it was a lie, she'd have said it to save her child. But when she went in her treasure chest... It was all true. She had been a virgin and Gabriel had visited her and the Holy Spirit had overshadowed her and she had gone to Elizabeth's and John had leapt in Elizabeth's womb and there had been that sacred song and then she had gone back and Joseph had taken her because he had a dream and then they had gone to Bethlehem. How was the child going to be born in Bethlehem? The Roman emperor had told them to go back to their homes. And she got there just in time to have this baby. And then these shepherds came in. And then not long after that, wise men came with loads of provision. And just all the things. Imagine what was in her treasure chest of just seeing Jesus day after day after day after day. Man. So, did I do it right? Yes, verse 20. What time is it? Okay, I'm good. I know I'm staying very stable today, but it's because I want to focus on this and I don't want to go walking off. I started to say some things, but I, I'll stay focused and I won't, I'll stay here. 
So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the the troops prophesied completely, truly. Everything they had heard and seen was true. And then it says in verse 21, on the eighth day, right? On the eighth day, yes. When it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. I don't know if the angel ever gave that to Mary, but the angel gave it to Joseph. And he was named Jesus, Yahashua, Yeshua for short. If it had come straight into English, it would have been Joshua. But it goes over into the Greek and then into English, so it's Jesus, Yahashua. The salvation of God, or God saves, or Yahweh saves. I am salvation, literally. So uh, this little Christmas story, again, there's, there's all kinds of things could have talked about. You know, the things I've talked about in previous weeks that I didn't talk about today that I could have added in to just like it, so many details in a little story that's so familiar and it's so powerful and it is the announcement literally that everything has changed talk about a new year I mean I don't know if you're making resolutions or not but I heard about this great business it's called the new year resolution business for the first two weeks it's a health center with weights and a gym and all that. And then after two weeks, it becomes a coffee shop. And after about three or four months, it becomes a bar. But uh, heaven declared that it was a new day now. It was a day to glorify God. And it was a day to bring heaven to earth. And it was a day to experience the delight of heaven because Jesus was here to remove the barrier, to remove the separating or dividing wall, to remove the veil. And so now the New Testament says we are seated with him in heavenly places. Right? That means while we're sitting here, while we're sitting here, well, I'm standing here, but we are at this moment also seated with him in heavenly places. While he's here with us, He is also on the throne and we are also seated with him in heavenly places. It's a divine mystery, isn't it? But it's true. The word is true. It's amazing. But I like, I mentioned this in, in, uh, I think it was the, the, uh, Christmas Eve service, we sort of hit this, and one of the things we hit was that the wise men came to worship him as king, and then Pilate put he was king at the end. The book ends that he was king. And uh, we also mentioned that what the angels said to the shepherds is what the people said when he came into Jerusalem riding a colt. And so um, earth agreed with heaven after seeing him, after meeting him. And of course, they said this in the city of the great king as the king himself was riding in 
coming in peace, not on a war horse, but on a donkey, a donkey's colt. And they said, blessed is the king. They said, king, that, that book ends just like with the Magi, who comes in the name of the Lord. What good is a king who comes in his own name? What good is that king going to do? But a king who comes in the name of the great I am, that's a king. That's a king who's more interested in us than himself. That's a king who wants to benefit the people. Set people free. You know, one of the greatest um, promises of Lenin and others is how if you follow their ideas that the world will become this harmonious place of plenty and everybody's happy and it will be like homecoming all the time. But instead it becomes a place of slavery and bondage and lack except for a few people who have an abundance who are in charge and who make it all about themselves. But Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. <laughs> was crushed for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was on him. And by his stripes, we were made whole. What a king. So they agreed here with magnificence and majesty and brightness and splendor in the highest height. See it? Glory in the highest. That's what the people were saying in Jerusalem. Glory in the highest. And they were saying peace in heaven. There's already peace in heaven. <laughs> That's peace in heaven. And Jesus told us we can pray that what's in heaven comes to earth. And as we've mentioned before, he's already said, I've overcome the world, and I'll leave my peace with you, and his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He's the Prince of Peace. But it's important for us to agree. It's important. It's, it's wonderful that angels herald this, but it's useless on earth if people do not herald it. And too often the church has been heralding, go to hell, go to hell, go to hell. You don't wear your hat like I wear my hat, go to hell. That's right. That's, right. That's not what we've been called to herald. It's the wrong kingdom, the wrong words. But words have life, and what we say has life. And so we're giving life to the wrong things. And those things have to, have to go. And we have to speak life to the words of heaven so that they can be alive on earth. And they can have their, their uh, proper run. It says that he sends his word with the power to perform. But we've got to say it. We've got to agree. And then notice this. I love this passage. If you, if you look at those little videos I do, I just, I just 
mentioned this in the Revelation one, and then I did one to follow up that goes with it from this. It's, he sent out, some of your translations say the 72, some of your translations say the 70. But the NIV has the 72, and they come back, and they're all excited. And they tell Jesus how even demons obey them. And Jesus says, oh, that's good. But you don't need to get all happy about demons obeying you. I tell you the truth, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, hit earth with a great impact. And I've given you authority. Remember how we say this every time we do the big, big prayer room. We have authority. I've given you authority to trample scorpions and snakes. It's the demonic, it's darkness. But don't rejoice about that. Then you get to Luke 10, 21, and it says, At that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit. And some of your things says Jesus rejoiced greatly or whatever, but what that is in the Greek is exceedingly great joy, exceeding gladness, but what, what it is at the heart is jump for joy. And the root word is to gush up to spring forth like a geyser blowing out, you know, kind of thing. Jesus was jumping and leaping and praising God. He was being clamorously foolish like David before the ark. And he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. We're seated in heaven. We're seated on earth. We have access to heaven and we're here to, to take what's in heaven and declare it on earth. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned. And yet they're so simple a child can understand. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. This is what you were pleased to do is goodwill to men from the angels. This is what you were pleased to do is you delight in them. You take pleasure in them. Notice the point at which Jesus is jumping for joy and saying, Heaven and earth is going to come together and God's going to take pleasure and delight in people. It's when he's talking about our names being written in the book. It's when he's talking about for the joy set before him, he would endure the cross so that we would be declared innocent and he would take our penalty. He jumped up and down for joy at the thoughts of Ray Sitterson's name being written in his book of life. He jumped up and down for joy at the thought of our names being written in the book of life. And he knew the cost to write our names in that book. And he said, you want to hear something to be jumping up and down and to be joyful about? Jump up and down and be joyful that I've written your name in the book. It's a simple Christmas message. The baby in the manger has written our name in the book. The cradle... The cross and the crown. That's in the name of some cantata out there somewhere, I'm sure. I'm sure that's not something I made up anywhere, something from the echoes of my past. The cradle, the cross, the crown. So the praise team can go ahead and come up. Is everybody ready? Has everybody got your name written in the book? Everybody saved?
I'm going to take that as a yes. Okay, everybody's saved. Cool. Because that's what really matters. Is your name written in the book? Are people moving everywhere? I'm walking the podium to the edge. The podium's about to jump off. Um, if you uh, if you need prayer after communion, you can go to the prayer room and get prayer. Uh, if you want to stay and worship, they'll keep on worshiping for a bit after communion. And of course, if you need to go, well, go ahead and go. And again, happy New Year. Okay. So uh, so let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for the gospel message, the Christmas message, the Easter message, the everyday message that you are King of kings and Lord of lords and you've taken care of everything so that we can be saved for your name, Yahashua, means I am Savior. So thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us life. So as we eat this bread, we're mindful of your body and how you gave it willingly for us. And as we drink from the cup, we're aware of the blood you shed for us and the redemption that you wrought on our behalf so that all things have been made new we are totally new in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Meet with us as we eat and drink. And we pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen.